Hello. Let's talk about grief in children and then just the normal day-to-day -day for the adults with the idea that we all want tranquility and peace, but it sure is elusive. Okay. I just read an article in the New York Times via Pocket that said neuroscientists say if we smile, that actually produces more happiness than lots and lots of dark chocolate. I personally find that hard <laughs> to believe. Um, but uh, we're all caught up in the quarantine 15 these days, so <laughs> and lack of exercise. So anything that helps, you know, trying to get your pants zipped again is probably a good tool. <laughs> Okay, let's take a look at the... I've got several pictures here for us. So let's take a look at the first one. So it's an it's a, uh, article uh, on wiring, right? It's, uh, like, it, it's meant to be funny, right? About the complexity of wiring. So let's talk a little bit about how we're neurally wired. Or in this case, neuro, N-E-U-R-O or N-E-U-R-A-L-L-Y. I think you can kind of take your pick. Um, in the, I'm going to talk about, as I said, for the kids. So my son, we've had a rough day. Uh, he has finally now, I put him to bed, and he gave me a clue, finally. I mean, I, I kind of knew, but I didn't realize the way he said it, that it was all day long. He said, um, I've, I've been sad all day. I really miss my dad. And then he was humming and singing the the, the tune, Remember Me, Remember Me, from the Pixar Coco. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, it's a fabulous movie about the afterlife, finding peace and, and um, bridging the gap, uh, closure, closing the loop, whichever you want to say, with the family that you've lost. And so... Um, he wanted to renegotiate the family movie tonight. We were doing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which he picked last night. But then um, his uh, <laughs> he changed his mind. And I'm afraid we didn't let him get away with it. I didn't let him get away with it. He's been really pushing boundaries lately. And I just have to help him learn that he cannot be loud and socially unacceptable if he wants to be socially acceptable, <laughs> um, you know, he's, uh, well, we, all the kids are going nuts with this uh, self-quarantine and not getting a chance to go out and do the things that they were used to do, doing, the lack of school closure. So everybody's kind of like done with the school year and there was none of the end of the year events that they're used to. Um, they hear things. I try not to have the news on much at all around him. But he he was he was back talking to our occupational therapist today via a Zoom session when she was doing the annual OT evaluation, um, which actually went better than I thought it was going to. Uh, I did have to help a little bit, but it went pretty good, um, considering you know you're you're not there to help, but mom is, so that makes a big difference. 
And he was back talking to her about, she was trying to get him to retell a social story about a friend who had left uh, a towel here for swimming. And, and John answered it several times, but she just was, it was too much crosstalk, so she didn't hear it. And then so she's asking the question in all different kinds of ways, and, and he's kind of trying to answer it. But, I mean, it's not like mom asking the question. It's like a stranger or a teacher asks the question, right? So a kid's got to be able to say the right answer more than twice and stick to his guns. But he, so she was pressing him once one procedure on the, what to do with a wet friend's towel. And he gave off some, you know, about, t she said about taking it over to Yanni's house. And John said, well, we've got coronavirus. We can't do that. <laughs> anyway, it was really pretty funny at the time. But, um, okay, so I just wanted to touch base here. This picture of him in the pool is a great one. It is from several years ago. I, I like to share it in a variety of circumstances because so many times our kids are not at peace in their own skin. And here he is. And so it's not a constant state of being, is it? It's really more of a snapshot from time to time. And we had a lot of that not snapshot stuff today. We had a lot of redirects, a lot of cheating on the electronics, a lot of just trying to push and lip off and say, you know, smart aleck teenager things to mom, which is really hysterical because, you know, we parents of learning differences, we basically parent for neurally different, so neuro, neurodiverse misbehaviors. And then eventually, <laughs> if, if the fairy dust smiles on us, then, oh boy, now we get to parent for modeling neurotypical misbehaviors. And we've had a little bit of drama uh, in the neighborhood um, with some kids. And so, you know, actually today was a quiet day because we self-isolated again. <laughs> And it's just uh, basically myself and John and, and a, a young girl that's here as a, as a helper for a while. So we, both, we all said how nice it was for no drama. So, you know, uh, <laughs> but so you see, that's the grass is always greener thing because no drama means, and self-isolation means you don't have anybody in your life and nothing's going on. So that state of, of languishing or, or, or longing for is about, you know, 12 hours long. <laughs> And then I made him get in the car, and we went over to McDonald's. Actually, we drove through, got them their food. I went over to Taco Bell. We sat and ate, picnic, windows down, hoo-hoo, big party. And then I went back through the drive through at, at McDonald's and got them ice cream. <laughs> so <laughs> it was our COVID-19 picnic excursion, getting out into the world as hitting drive through laps. <laughs> and I'm sure the lady at McDonald's thought I was a loony when I came through the second time in not very long tonight. But anyway, okay, so back to the piece in your own skin and the movie Coco. I will be watching it tomorrow. I promised him. We somehow had to get through this uh, chitty chitty bang bang tonight and it was two and a half hours and oh my gosh, he was belly aching and doing things and, and just being loud. And I I'm going to parent him so that he knows when he's with friends or with a group of people, he has to zip it. If he chose a movie or someone chose a movie, he can leave the room, go to bed, or just be quiet, but not just make it miserable for everybody else. So um, anyway, we finally got through that. And then tonight when I put him to bed, I, as I said already, he told me he had been sad all day, which, you know, I think that's probably true for the most part. 
but he also has gotten good at con jobs whenever he knows he's in trouble. <laughs> He'll go, oh, I miss my dad. And so it's it's kind of funny, tragic, silly comic tragedy. <laughs> you know, it's, it is a very sad, devastating thing when a kid loses their dad. And he says, yeah, it's cancer. But I know from all the wise people, and, and let's click ahead. And um, so now we're looking at the, the third, third graphic that says, only I can give myself peace. So now we're, we'll talk about the kid stuff, and then we'll talk about the adults, because this is relevant to any age of child, or no matter how tall we are. <laughs> okay, so um, the whole idea of um, him finding his own peace, me finding my own peace, you finding your own tranquility, we know, right, that this whole F-O-M-O, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out, um, has kind of taken a back seat now because we're trying not to live our lives on Facebook. We're trying to unplug and get away from the news and um, find some serenity and quiet in the things that we can control, which is usually pretty much nuclear family underneath your own roof. So I just wanted to share here some resources. I particularly want to target Carolyn Miss. Um, Miss, maybe she is how she pronounces it. She is quite famous on Facebook. I see where she has, oh my goodness, she's done like 200,000 followers. And she does amazing energy, spiritual, um, medical intuitive uh, conversations. I really recommend it. She's doing a series now on the Phoenix and a COVID perspective where she really focuses a lot on grace, prayer, purposefulness. Um, I find it very tranquilizing. I find it very <laughs> tranquilizing. <laughs> I find it very peaceful. <laughs> Give myself a tranquilizer. <laughs> Open it up and look, There's not tranquilizer. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not doing any of that. There was a bad joke going around where, you know, they say that we're going to have... Um, a whole generation of citizens being raised by day drinkers. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes going around about, you know, hitting the bottle during the day while you're also trying to work, while you're also trying to teach your kids. So I'm not doing any of that. That was just a bad joke. Alrighty. So three of my favorite uh, uh, places to run to for personal boundary reinforcement, for the flow, for personal peace. Um, so sticking with Carolyn for a little bit, she, her energy anatomy CD series, which you can, you might still be able to find used somewhere or perhaps on YouTube, her website. Uh, she stresses the different, she, well, she picks four personas and talks about them, talks, um, helps us realize how we sabotage ourselves um, to let go. I mean, me personally, as a recovering codependent, I, I cry every time I listen to her stuff because it just gets me right in the gut, you know? Hits me in about four chakras. No mercy. <laughs> okay, so then Dr. Mihai checks in. Mihai, God bless him. I, I try to quote him uh, constantly. And he even did a calculation in this TED Talk here. You can click on it and it'll take you to it. Well, maybe not in JPG form. Sorry. But go to TED and you can find him. Uh, he's, I think he's in playlists also. Mihai, last name, checks at Mihai. <laughs> um and the, 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 the computer calculation of uh, cognitive load that he does in this TED Talk is that he likens it to a computer, right? And he says that our, our CPU, our brain stem, the brain and the spinal column, can process about 
110 bits per second. And he also says that a human voice talking will absorb about 60 of that. So depending on like me, when I'm really rolling and my hair's on fire, I'm sure I pull more than 60 of your uh, bits per second uh, attention. If any of us are walking around with distraction, grief, fear, worry, um, not at peace in our own skin, um, all the things that lead to not feeling good, that will be a distraction, which will then, it'll just be harder to absorb information. So just because you're telling somebody something and they're looking at you, doesn't mean they're really absorbing it, okay? And that's true with our kids. Even if they're looking at us, sometimes they actually absorb better if they're not looking at us, um, which is something that has to do with the eye vision integration and which parts of the eye um, have become stronger. They may not be in equilibrium. So the outer ring, which forms first, may actually be stronger and didn't, uh, and, and then when this, the inner ring uh, or the inner, inner, the central part of the eye, which kicks in about the time the kids start to focus on reading. Um, if it's not in balance, then that's where you will have a kid that either um, the peripheral vision is stronger, so you've got a lot more kind of looking around the room at things. If the center is out of whack and stronger, and uh, stronger than the peripheral vision, then you will have someone a little bit more what's the right word, um, stacking things, focused um, in their own little world. So it's a balance fitting into the startle effect where someone can be focusing on, you know, whatever they're looking at. Oops, pay attention to what just went happen. you know, something that startled them, then the, them to be able to process, oh, irrelevant, not important, turn the volume down and go back and focus on whatever you wanted them to be <laughs> listening to in the first place. Perhaps your voice, perhaps um, something that uh, relates to, um, please listen to me now. <laughs> so if, if he's not, I'll, I make him turn off electronics, turn it over. If he cheats, I find him cheating. I'll give, my, give him a one or two warnings because I'm trying to build up the trust. I'm trying to build up his own ability to walk away from temptation, self-regulate, self-control. But once I find myself nagging and getting frustrated, then just un go un unplug the dang thing. And so he sees me headed toward the cord <laughs> and he turns that sucker off so fast. Little stinker. So uh, I know he's listening. He just doesn't want to listen. All right. So it's selective hearing. Have you heard that before? You know, you can whisper something across the room and if they want to hear it, they'll hear it. And if they don't want to hear it, well, they'll, you could be right, you know, megaphone in their ear and they're going to like ignore you. It's all about the want to. I swear all of the, all behaviors is back to psychology. Trying to figure out how to get them to do what we want them to do at the same time having them feel it's their idea, which means we got to hit the intrinsic motivation way more than the bribery and the extrinsic or fear or worry or threats. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk a little bit here about good old Eckhart Tolle. Um, he is uh, He's an anti-hero rock star. He's a very quiet, um, unlikely hero. He's got a website. He's, he's got a million followers, you know. Um, he, he has a delightful way about him. I was listening to him the other day about um, uh, uh, patience and impatience. Look him up. He's, he's superb. Um, great ideas. And a, a beautiful example of he has his own art form, much like Seth Godin speaks of 
two speaks of about speaks to <laughs> in linchpin where we all have our own art we deserve to create it the world needs it and there will be a way where we will find the audience and we will get paid appropriately for it you don't need to corrupt your art just to just to what be seen so anyway it's he's a perfect example of how you can be uh, not superman and have um, so many followers and such a cult following he's a great guy you, you pay attention to him okay all right so back to the title here is that only i can give myself peace which means if you are paying attention to your your uh, um, introception your the, the ability of your body to know when your emotions fit with your body if you're in fight or flight how, why do you feel good why do you feel bad um turn off the dang facebook turn off the news right go take a walk in nature find ways to self-regulate exercise quit eating all that sugar me personally i'm on a half a day run now of no sugar We'll see how far I get with that. Um, but I got the quarantine five, maybe the quarantine 8.4. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, um, Eckhart Tolle, paying attention, being at me, giving myself peace and in my own flow and knowing my boundaries. So more than 10 times today, I have found myself so frustrated with trying to parent and keep to the grades and get the get the work done. And then I, I realized, wait a minute, we're back to... I'm not simplifying. We're back to it's extrinsic, not intrinsic. We're back to my agenda, not his agenda. We're back to me trying to win, not him trying to win. I'm trying to control things that I will have never the opportunity or the ability to control. And nor should I because that's not giving him any kind of long-term self-regulation tools, you know? And any interaction with other kids or other people or... Uh, shoulda coulda woulda or someone i i might read on facebook and i think oh man that's so awesome how come i don't have that in my life all those moments of temporary insanity you know where i have to kind of like quack myself across my metaphorical face and say stop it gail you're just you're you stop <laughs> would you listen to what you talk about and i need to be in my own flow and so like tonight i were i was i fed him and I'm, I gotta, there's a lot of things I got to do. And the more I chase after him and worry and fluff and chuck, uh, cluck after him, I'm not getting anything done. So about my third lap around the house, it's like, stop it, Gail. You're doing the same thing. Just walk away and uh, take his cords. <laughs> take all the electronics, hide them someplace. And then all that's left is he's either going to sit in the room and watch the movie with us, or he's going to go to bed or play with the dog. I don't have to keep, you know, being the... N the Nazi police, the 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 uh, electronics police. So do that. I hide that stuff. And then if he wants to earn it back, fine. But I've also been told that uh, it's a great thing when you let the kids be totally detoxed for at least a week over the summer. So I'm actually headed toward that. The next time he gives me so much out of my own flow, and I'm so frustrated because it's we're playing cops and robbers on where the electricity's being snuck then I'm just going to walk over, unplug, hide it, done. And I'm going to hold it for a week. And I'll report back to you. And I'll let you know how well I did. <laughs> okay, last, uh, is that the last one? Yeah, the last one. Okay, so caretaker burnout. So it could be caretaker, it could be 
um, professional, family, worker, spouse, single person. I wish I had a spouse. <laughs> Any of those relationships. And I heard a good uh, um, uh, presentation today with Global Minded, Global Minded, where a gentleman was talking about um, if you took LinkedIn and eHarmony and blended them together, then wouldn't that be the way to place people into employment? And isn't work just another relationship in your life? Excellent talk. Excellent. Um, so here we have a few uh, on that same tone, right? So we have the five love languages, children, teenagers. And if you want a quick one-sentence book report on the comparison, kids will choose a love language, and there's five. They may pick two, and you'll know what they like, and you'll have some predictability about how to help them find their own version of peace, how you can redirect them. And then all of a sudden, without warning, they're going to start heading toward puberty, and they're going to be headed toward what that book on teenagers says, which is the brain is primal, primally wired to reject and push away from the parent to seek out its own independence. So that means that that love language that was so predictable and so useful when they were little kids and cozy and, and cuddly and now all of a sudden they're a rip-snorting stranger, it's because they switched their love language because their brain made them because they're trying to fight for uh, getting away from your ballast, away from your um, shadow to form their own person. For example, my Saxton said that the main reason that he picked Oregon, not Texas, for college, he said, is that, he said, I was afraid that if I didn't break away free, break away out to independence at the first opportunity, that I may never. Um, it just gets too comfortable to stay where you are. So I applaud him for that, and that's why he's been in Oregon all these years, and it's been awesome for him. So, But that's the, the, the comparison of the love languages. So if you wonder why your teenager is someone you don't recognize, you're going to have to redo the love languages and see if yours still match or not. Now, maybe you could do this self-assessment for them and then maybe have a little conversation about it uh, in a, with humor, okay? And please don't begrudge them the fact that they changed their love language. Because X number of years ago, Bubby, you did the same thing. You changed yours. And your parents were going, what? What? Who is this stranger? Okay, my favorite book in the world, except for the Bible, right? Everybody, I can't say that. But um, Facing Codependency by Pia Melody. Bless her heart, back uh, in the, I think it was 50s when she wrote this, she diagnosed herself. She created the whole intervention. She wrote the book, so she's the originator of all of this. Now me, as a recovering codependent who almost croaked from that, okay, I almost didn't make it. I just find this book so powerful at any generation, uh, any age. It's so easy to read. Um, it's always the book I recommend to people because you can, you can do a lot of co-counseling, self-counseling yourself. I have spent some time um, and some several hundred dollars more than several, um, counseling for myself and then through for the marriage long ago. But, you know, the thing I like better is I've probably read every self-help book there is, which has been great because I remember them all and I can quote them and I can or give a one-minute book report on each one of them. So it's actually been very useful. Who would have thunk that 
so many years of personal misery and, and uh, depression, but never medicated for, for depression, um, would, uh, would be so useful. And I have to say then, you know, usually you either stress eat or you stress don't eat. I got lucky. <laughs> I would stress not eat. So every time I had some massive round with depression but no medication, I would lose 10, 20 pounds. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I'm a shadow of my former self. Um, I got to work on some kind of mental <laughs> depression to get over this quarantine eight and a half that I'm carrying around with me. Sorry, bad joke again. Forgive me. I, I, I apologize. All right, so um, Building Resilience, great book. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm a student of trying to build resilience, uh, not rescuing my kids, um, reaffirming them, confirming them, but then backing off. Sometimes John just pushes and pushes and pushes me on the boundaries and the stemming and the squawking. And maybe you have this at your house. But, but if I am a willing audience, if I am an active participant in this audience thing, then he's just going to crescendo because he's laughing. He thinks it's fun to get mom rolling. And so since I can walk away, I have to. I, but there's the trade-off. The balance of that is that I'm still letting, if I walk away and let him not be intervened upon, then he is going to have a stronger neural pathway toward the dark side. And that's going to that's gonna hurt him tomorrow, hurt me tomorrow. So this whole thing of, here, I'll tell you one. Um, we're lucky enough to have a pool in the backyard. And so the other day, he, he'll just do things, and he's not... He might be, let's say 10% of the time, he's really honestly, truly frustrated. And the other 90%, he's bored, just wanting to see what he can get away with, just trying to see if I love him enough to hold my boundaries, trying to get out of doing his homework, trying to, you know, any kind of distraction, see if mom will blink and look the other way and, and then I can go do what I want to do. And he's pretty good about that tenacity. So... I reached a point of, um, we're going to do something. I warned him. I warned him two or three or four times. And then I just, I'm still bigger than he is. So we just kind of walked out to the backyard and I just gently grabbed him by the back of the, the shorts and I threw him in the pool. <laughs> not head first, feet first. And he's jumping in. He's not trying to not. He thinks it's funny. And then he's got a wet, dripping street clothes on. Um, so it's happened a couple times today. And then by the time the first round, three dunks. And by then the third dunk, he was just like, I just pushed him with a little finger. And then and he goes. So it's a game. God love him. It's a game they play us. You know, they play us like a harp, right? So let's go on to the next book, the one there that says Childhood Roots of Adult Happiness. Fantastic book by uh, Dr. Hallowell. Who's, he's also the one that has written a number of series, uh, a kid's series recently on um, picture books of learning differently. He's got a lot of graphics in it, so it's kind of extraneous. Not that I'm criticizing him, um, but um, um, I don't know that he wrote it. I think he just did a forward in it. Uh, we've got them. Uh, they're mostly hardbacks. Very great words, just a lot of extraneous graphics. But anyway, I digress. Forgive me. This book does list um, about 12 things that are uh, necessary, research says. Uh, maybe evidence-based research. I don't know if it's qualitative or quantitative. You know, stories or numbers. Probably both. Um, one of those uh, 11 things is the pet. 
So poor old Spike, Spike, our beagle, catches the short end of the stick sometimes. John's a little bit too rough. Um, not that I'm happy about that, but um, so sometimes I model that back to John. And I probably do, um, you probably would not want me to babysit your child. Um, I don't know that I'm any rougher or more um, uh, bounded in uh, redirection than anyone else. I just have to be consistent. And I got to do it before I blow my top. And John thinks it's really funny. So I'm always trying to go toward something different, something non-routine, something change up pitch, something that's going to be humorous um, that he likes. And it just happens to be that he does dig the pool and he thinks that's funny. In fact, he was begging for it tonight. He was doing something. He went and did the same thing that got him in the pool this morning. But I thought, nope. I'm not going to fall for this because I'm just going to reinforce, you know, I'm going to paint myself into a corner um, because one, an intervention that might work because of one set of circumstances, you change those extenuating circumstances and now he wants it. And if I give him what he wants because he does the same thing that he did the first time, I'm now, and not only am I painting myself into a corner, but I'm also reinforcing the precise not wanted neural pathway that I was trying to work against today. So these, these kids, man, they keep us on our feet, right? We got to keep a half a step ahead of them. So as an example, this morning, it, it did seem to work and he was repentant and remorseful. Then tonight he wanted to like, you know, play again. Let's tango with mom again with the pool and getting dunked in it. But I just, um, I took his cord away instead. The other thing I do, one of my best three here, DEFCON 5 interventions is the uh, plank. So we'll, uh, he didn't, he danced around that one today, but we'll be planking tomorrow. And I set the timer up uh, for each infraction, one minute of planking. He can pause the timer if he wants. Then he has to hit resume when he's done, but he can't cheat. So if he has to plank and take a little break, and half the time I'll get down on the floor with him because, you know, this whole toll toning thing um, is a real thing. So uh, those are three really good um, physical, uh, well, not throwing in a, in a pool because you don't have a pool. If you do and he likes it or she likes it, then, or they like it, then try it. <laughs> if it's funny, I mean, you know, sometimes just something madcap, zany, and they laugh and you just want to distract them, you know, so, um, but the planking's awesome and I just walk over to the cord and he'll stop it because he knows I will hide the cord and that will be it for the rest of the night. And each time he does it again, another device goes in the hideaway place. Um, and then he's bored. Oh, great. And that, that's what they say. Our kids need to be bored or they won't create. And he's going to have to be, have a, I think it's going to take a day of detoxing, but um, I hear it's worth it afterwards. Um, but you know, we, um, I'll let you know how that goes. Okay. So I, I think I should let you go. Thank you for your time. Um, back to the topic here just for a second, cause I've been silly. It, it's a real, it's a real serious thing. No matter your age, no matter who you're trying to help, um, the elusiveness, if we get our eyes on the wrong thing. And so it's, remember it goes back to, you need to have courage to change the things you can serenity to accept the things you cannot change, and what? The wisdom to know the difference. And only I can change me, and only I can water my own flowers, and not water my own weeds, 
And so if my kid is doing something or my coworker is doing something that aggravates me, then I need to stop watering those weeds, pivot, water the flowers, be aware of something positive. Don't build the neural pathway toward the dark side. You don't reinforce a bad behavior. If you want to have a, a, a frank conversation and, and, and state your boundaries, but not in an emotional blow your top, get mad kind of thing, um, you're setting yourself up for more. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really big adult skill to be able to stay calm, state your truth quietly once, state your boundaries, and then declare victory and depart the field, Right? Whatever it takes to not be uh, continually subservient to a narcissist or to continue in like I did for such a long time in codependence that I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you, that borderline personality of walking on eggshells all the time. Oh my God, if I could go back and live those, la- live those 15 years of my life over again, I would be, um, I'd be jubilant, but I can't. So all I can do is just kind of share now. And so if you're up against somebody that's making you walk on eggshells, there's some good books, but the first one is Facing Codependency. And you have the strength within you. I'm telling you, you have the strength within you. You just have to give yourself permission to do what you want to do. And I had a good friend long ago, Donna Zelt, bless her heart. And she said, Something to me about, and basically she just kind of called me on my own crap, that all I ever had wanted was this one thing to do, and why wasn't I doing it? And she said, do you know how codependent you are? And um, uh, I looked at, I, I, I don't know what that word, I looked it up, right? It was, my name was in the definition. <laughs> just kidding, not really. Codependency, um, such a thing. It's such a big thing. And once we realize what we are, we're self-aware, we can grow through that. And it doesn't have to take a lot of expensive counseling. You can read that book. You can call yourself on it. You can come through it. And you can be a much stronger, happier person. Um, I'm living proof. And if I can do it, you can. And we also then can help model that for our kids, no matter what their age are, ages are. So I just come back to the topic that it's elusive. Tranquility, peace of mind is elusive if we look in the wrong place. If we look in the right place, which is in our heart and soul, and where our eyes are, which is where our thoughts will be, which is where our words will be, which is where our actions will be, if that's in the right place, then it won't be elusive. It'll be yours. And I sure wish you have a lot of it. Thank you for your time tonight. Talk soon.